you enjoyed this week's Sunday sermon. We pray you experience all God has for your life. everybody as you may see um pastor jesse is still on sabbatical he comes back tomorrow so you can all be excited about that yeah so i've I've seen him several times during the time he's been away but every time i do it's like this joy bomb when i see him he's got really long hair jesse has got hair what miracle And um, Pastor Micah is on vacation, so it's just us. So it's Family Sunday, so I'm just going to really quickly, this is a really quick, what's happening? Okay, Carly, she's our social media person. She is amazing. Um, I'm going to really very quickly speak today. And then I've got the Murrays coming up. So, very excited. So, it's just, this is really very much going to be, um, no, I'm excited. Um, it's Family Sunday. I was going to have a testimony too, but that lady couldn't, wasn't able to get here. I think quite a few people are off sick and um, quite a few people are on vacation. So, that's why we've got a small crowd today, which is good. So, I'm going to read a lot more than I normally do from my notes because I want to be very succinct. So... I am someone who always gets things done. I have lists and more lists. And I will even write things on my list that I have done. Does anyone relate to that? Thank you, thank you, thank you. These people know me. Um, So I wasn't always like this. If you ask one of my sisters, they will tell you, no, she wasn't like that. So I had a wily way of getting out of jobs. So... In my house in the UK, um, the, you know, we'd finished dinner and the dishes need to be dried. We didn't have a dishwasher. And um, so I'm like, oh, I just need to go to the bathroom, the loo, as we call it. Yes, James, right, the loo, thanks. And um, so I got upstairs and the, the bathroom was above the kitchen. So I just put the toilet seat down, sit down on the toilet, open the window, look out at the birds, think. And the great thing was I could hear what was going on downstairs. So... <laughs> I'm like, okay, I think they're nearly done. Great. Hi. Oh, you finished. Oh, I'm so sad. It was great. I got out of the washing up so many times with this little um, um, way of doing things. So, but then I grew up, (laughs) and I started getting a paycheck. So that changed things. And actually found that I was really good at the jobs I did. So in the UK, you can leave school at 16. Um, I can tell you more details if you ever want to know. But I left school at 17 and started working in a um, a temp agency, actually working in the agency. And then my boss left. And at 17 and a half, I was running the department. 
So, you know, I was that kind of girl that was like, I can get stuff done and be productive and do stuff and things will happen and things will change. And I excelled in my position so much so that the whole line was, she's, oh, she's someone that gets bleep done. <laughs> you can fill in the blank. Um, so I, I, that's the kind of person I am. I just, I love to get things done. I love to be productive. I love to really fill up my hours, and I still do that today in, um, in the job that I do. But I do have boundaries, and I'm very good at turning off my work and making sure that I don't, you know, I have separation between work and state. No. Um, <laughs> so I go home, and I have some boundaries. But then I go into home productivity. Anyone know what that's like? Yeah, so you have another list, and it has... Laundry and cleaning and washing the dog or whatever you're doing, cooking, whatever. You, how you go into this next home productivity list. And I can even make quality time with Jesus a list. Workout, check. Shower, check. Time with Jesus, check. Go on with the day, check. But God has been calling me to rest. And interestingly enough, side note here, I'm in touch with a lot of people in the UK and in South Africa, who, and they have also been saying, I haven't said anything to them, but they said to me that the prophetic word that is calling out across the nations is for the people to come into their rest. And I'm like, what? I had goosebumps kind of thing, like, Wow, God is calling me to something that he's calling a lot of other people, prophetic, um, really amazing prophets throughout the, the nations. He's calling us into a time of rest. But I haven't got time for rest. I mean, I don't want to be lazy. Rest seems like lazy, like sitting in a hammock doing nothing. I mean, that's so unproductive. And I don't want to be slothful, and I want to seize the day. I mean, the time is now, and we have to seize it and take an adventure. I love adventures, by the way. <laughs> My poor husband. <laughs> Let's do an adventure. Anyway. Um, but God says we need to come to as rest. And I think there's that, I want to fight that young child I just talked about in me. Um, that's that kind of lazy kid, really. <laughs> I want to fight that. But Jesus also said, come unto me like little children. And little children just sit and rest and listen to a story. Or even sometimes they don't even want to listen to anything. They just sit on you, sit in your lap and have a cuddle. He says, come unto me like little children. So I asked Jesus again, what is rest? Well, for one thing, it's a verb. I rest, you rest, they rest. You know, you go up a hill. Halfway up, you're tired, you sit down, and you take a rest. You rest. And it's also a noun, and that was the rest, <laughs> that was the noun one. Um, so it's a physical, emotional, and mental thing. Okay, and it's also for your body, too. We, I think as Christians, sometimes we forget our body. Our body, our mind, our spirit, they all need rest. So it's, it's something you do, but it's something you sit in. It's a resting place. It's a place where you rest. So Matthew eleven twenty eight. 
Matthew 11:28 Come to me all who are weary and heavy laden and I will give you rest. This is the words of Jesus. Not that the Bible isn't all about Jesus, but this is the words of Jesus. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For your, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. The word rest there is anopeo, something like that. To remain in refreshment. Just think about those words right now. To remain in refreshment. It's refreshing, refreshing. And then the second rest in that verse means a, a stop from labor, an intermission. It also means refreshment as well. So it's that stop from labor, from doing, from those lists. If you're not a list person, you're probably doing something else. Hebrews 4.11 says, let us be diligent to enter into that rest. Rest is a peace that passes all understanding. It was interesting. Jimmy and David did not know what I was going to talk about, but they actually sang a lot about slow down and peace this morning, which I just thought was like, that's Jesus, isn't it? He just knows what you're going to say. It's so awesome. It's a companionship of just sitting with Jesus in the everyday minute. It's a refreshment for your soul, body, and spirit. It's a place you work from, not to. You need to work from a place of rest into work, not leading up to rest, like you're exhausted. It's, it's coming from a place of rest. That's where life should be from. But how do we go about this rest? And I'm just going to finish off here. For years as a small child, let's put that little uh, picture up there. Yeah, that's me. Yeah, I'm cute. Yes, so cute. I don't know what happened anyway. <laughs> so for years as a small child, I had a, a great imagination even when I was younger. That's why I kind of went into acting later on. But um, I had an imaginary friend called the Doctor. I have no idea why it was called the Doctor. But anyway, <laughs> I was only three. <laughs> Give me a break. Um, anyway, he used to follow me around everywhere, along with my poor dog, who I used to just drag around on a leash everywhere. And um, he was called the doctor. And I would sometimes sit, quite often sit on halfway up the stairs um, in my house, and my parents would come up and down the stairs. And I'm like, don't step on the doctor. <laughs> He's very, you know. And they were like, oh, sorry. <laughs> so as I got older, well, not much older, it's probably this next stage, Next picture. Yeah, probably. Don't you love that haircut? <laughs> what was my mother thinking? Anyway, I actually do remember that haircut. Um, I became a Christian when I was really young. My parents aren't Christians. And I still had my friend, the doctor. And I used to talk to him all the time. And then eventually, I, and he was just this imaginary friend, but I knew him more as Jesus at this point, but I still called him the doctor, which is quite actually quite apt, because he is. And the next slide. 
And then about 11, yes, one of those cheesy school pictures, yes. Notice we always wear a uniform, even when we're really little. Um, and you can put that down, yes, please. <laughs> um, as I got older, I had to go by train when I was 11 years old. I walked to the station, took a train, and then got to the station, the next station and walked to school. So I was all by myself at 11 years old, um, and I still had the doctor with me, which was beautiful. We sat on the train together. Sometimes people sat on him. I wasn't very excited by that. And I would talk to him about everything that was happening in my world, why I love my dog, my frustrations at school, what did he think about the world, why, what were we going to do today together? And I had this beautiful relationship with him, which is the resting place of God. That is where we rest in him, how we're just having this beautiful conversation with him every day. So I want to briefly encourage you in the following. Two things. One is take a Sabbath. God talks about that so many times. He made the world in six days. On the seventh day, he rested. He rested. We're talking about God here. God rested. Sabbath was made for man. God knew that we needed Sabbath rest. So what is that? I'm really going into this really quickly because um, we'll probably go into this more depth in a few months' time. But Sabbath is, in a nutshell, it's a full 24 hours where you rest. Do the things that give you energy. Be with the people who you love. Nap. Get into the Word. Take a walk. No chores. No to-dos. And I challenge you even further, something I'm working on, is I challenge you to unplug your phone for 24 hours. Did you know that we touch our phone 96 times a day on average? 96 times a day. Yeah, that's, that's on average. <laughs> so Thursday night to Friday night, I don't work Fridays, is our Sabbath. And the day I don't go near my phone, okay, I maybe touch it a few times, but <laughs> I'm generally, I'm unplugged. And we have a system for our family if they need to get hold of us, whatever. Um, and you can do this. And it comes, you come refreshed from this point of rest. Now, you don't have to be legalistic about it, um, but do be intentional about this is our period, especially if you have children, or even if you don't, have this period of rest where you are resting in him and in each other. And lastly, I just want to talk about rest in the everyday. Joshua 1.9 says, For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Deuteronomy 31.6, Zephaniah 3.17, Matthew 28.30. It goes throughout the word. He is with us wherever we go. He is with you right now. He is the doctor sitting right next to you in the chair, right? He's that companionship of Jesus. Be aware of Jesus in the everyday, minute by minute. Sitting a few minutes in your busy day with him. I know this can be hard if you're running around in a corporate job or you're home with a bunch of kids, but you can do it. As you sit in the bathroom, just pray. Best times with Jesus is sometimes in the shower. As you clean your teeth, talk to him. Quite hard to do out loud, but you can do it. As you have lunch, eat with him. As you drive in your car, sing with him. And sit on a bench and just silently be with him. God's been teaching me a lot about 
just sitting like a little child without saying anything and being with him. See him as the other person who is working alongside you, driving with you, and sitting next to your children playing. That's the resting place of God. We rest, we rest in him. So we're going to talk more about this. I'm sure Jesse is going to talk more. He, he was like, I'm going to talk about that. Um, so we are going to talk more about this. But I really, I really asked, because it's Family Sunday particularly, I, and I really value these two people in our church. They are pillars in our community. I really want them to come up and just share a little bit more about rest. Let's give a hand to the Murrays. You know, that's... Um you know, it, it, rest is such a vital piece of who we are and who we develop into. Because if you notice throughout all service, a lot of serve, what happened in service today is really a dialogue. You know, think about the worship. Worship isn't just us singing a song. It's a dialogue between us and the Lord. The communion is a dialogue between us and the Lord. And even when we come into places of rest, just as Penny so eloquently shared, is a, pos- a position and a place of dialogue. And in that dialogue, we're being refreshed and recharged for God to not just have us do what he wants us to do, for who he wants us to become, and that is more like Jesus. And so the whole value and the point of rest is to dwell with him and to be with him. And so I know Reagan and I are going to share a little bit, and and she said she wanted to start. She's like, Ryan, you're a better closer than I, so I'm already talking more than I probably should, but I'm going to go ahead and give this over to Reagan and let her share a little bit. Perfect. He is a better closer than me. All right. He brings it all back spiritual. I'm kind of like, what was she talking about? A church service or some, you know, sacrilegious comedian show. So I will go first and then he'll bring it back and like make it sound like it really was about God. But um, Penny did reach out to us and she's like, oh, let's talk about rest. Well, funny thing this week, my Tuesday morning at like 8.30 in the morning, I was sitting at the doctor's office, and I never go to the doctor's unless I needed stitches. Like, growing up, that's what my parents did, and now I'm the same way, except I've got kids, and you got to take them all the time for those infamous ear infections. It's like, what is it? So I'm sitting at the doctor's office, because about two weeks ago, I started getting this weird eye twitch, right? It was just like, fluttered a little bit. I was like, that's weird. Then it would go away, and then it started again immediately. I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm so stressed out. These kids, you know, because I have four girls. It's these kids. It's my husband. Somebody do dishes besides me. So like just my eyes twitching. I'm like, it's going to go away, all right? Now I'm like kind of woo-sawing myself. I'm like, you know what? All right, I'm going to have a little devotional time. I'm sitting with Jesus. My eyes like twitching even more in the mornings. I'm like, because I'm thinking, you know, all all these things that's going on, all right? So... Finally, I said, I'm going to the doctors. Part of it was because I wanted him to know, like, hey, I'm really seriously worried about this flickering in my eye, okay? The whole family's like, oh, mom's eye's tweaking. I was like, it is twitching, and this could be the sign of something more serious. So I go to the doctors, you know, and I'm really cheap. That's the other reason I don't like to go to the doctor. I want to pay the copay for something I could Google online, right? So I get there, and she's sitting there, and she's like, well, let me see. Worst case scenario, you go to the doctors, you go to the car mechanic, and whatever problem you have, they can't see it. You're like, well, trust me, it's there. So I'm like, oh, man, because my eye hasn't twitched at all today. So she puts the light in mine immediately. She's like, oh, I see it. I was like, I feel it. It's like going off. She's like, well, I think this could be like stress-related and 
she's naming a couple other things. She's like, you know, it looks like a little clogged up in your nose on one side. I was like, well, it's whatever we got to give me. Let's give it to me, you know? But I feel better. And she's like, well, I'm not too concerned yet unless it goes to the second eye. So I give you all of this because then I get a call from Penny and she's like, hey, I was just really, you and Ryan wanted you to share about rest. And so I thought, I'm not going to get up there and lie to people and be like, you know what? I just take these quiet moments and it's just me and Jesus. No, my eyes twitching. It's still going. But here's the thing, all right? Here is the thing. And I felt like this was tied into the word. Hopefully, Ryan will do that for me. I'm sitting in the shower and I'm thinking like, I grew up and I called soda pop, okay? If you said, what do you want, a pop? It's Everything's pop. I have adapted. I'm in California. It's called soda now. I grew up wearing thongs. No, not thongs like panties. I'm talking thongs. That's what we called flip-flops in Montana. They're all thongs, people. All right? And when I picked up my groceries, I put them in a bag. Not a bag. It's the flag. It's my bag. And he was like, people make fun. I was like, no, that's what we say. it. That's how I grew up. That's how I talk. And I, I'm sitting here, I've got my flickering eye, I'm in the shower, I'm thinking God's gonna give me something. And I, this, these thoughts come back to me about these little words, super small things, right? And I feel like he's saying, what you are surrounding yourself with, who you're surrounding yourself with, what you're spending time doing is gonna just very subtly affect little things, right? Like in me... Are you kidding me? I'm never going to go in a group and be at some house and be like, kids, get your thongs on. Are you kidding me? That would be ridiculous. People would stare at me and be like, what kind of mother with her four girls is doing this? Right? Like, <laughs> let's know. But so I, I've got all this stuff going on. One of my girlfriends reaches out to me and she's like, hey, I'm, she's considering homeschooling and she's like, I'd love to get together with you. I know you're busy and you know, I'm like, hey, I would love to see you too. You know, I want to talk to you about my flickering eye. I haven't told her that, right? She comes over and we're discussing and then I mention my eye and immediately she says, oh my gosh, it's the glory of God. I was like, what? No, I said, my eye's flickering. She's like, you know what? My eye did the same thing whenever I felt the presence of God. And I just, in that moment, I just thought to myself, I'm like, you know what? This is the only person that's mentioned that. Everybody else, including myself, my family, people I'm surrounded with, they're like, wow, man, let's get that eye flickering thing checked out. I was like, yeah, let's do it. It just, God, I felt like just spoke to me in that moment. It, once again, it's like what you're surrounding yourself with, these people that you're with, like, let's be those people that see somebody's face twitching and we're like, oh, don't you worry. It's not a stroke. The glory of God is on you. It's like, start praying for me. And I just like felt, I was like, you know, I'm, I'm a mom. I'm a woman. I'm a multitasker. I absolutely hate lists, but I have to do lists now because I can't remember what even my kids' names are. You know, I was walking around with my adorable baby, <laughs> friend's baby. I was like, I can't even remember her name anymore. God, what's happening to me? Like just my mind. So it's like, but I just feel like God is saying, look, this is a season and at a time where, yes, we're resting, but rest looks so different. And for me, I feel like God's saying, like, you get around the right people. What you're surrounding yourself with, if you want to be like, Jesus, I just want to love you. Somebody said, you know what? Our goal in life is not to think of ourselves more, it's to think of him more. And we're always thinking of ourselves. So it's like, I'm going to spend some time with Jesus. So I'm thinking of Jesus. I'm going to spend some time with 
friends that love Jesus. So I become more like them. When my eye flickers, I'll be like, hey, woo, anybody need some prayer for healing? God is going to be coming strong. Like, I want those thoughts in my head. I want that vocabulary in my life. And it doesn't happen unless you're intentional about it. And that's what I'm kind of really, because otherwise, subtly, you're going to be changing regardless. You know, those those thongs become flip-flops. You don't even know it. You start the word pop and somebody thinks you're going to like pop them one, you know? Now I kind of want to do that, but I'm a mom and, you know, there's always a little bit of that. You're like, you don't need a soda, you need a pop, okay? So it just, it's, it's how does God like look in the season and it's going to be different for everybody else. Amen. You know... <laughs> That was an abrupt transition there. So anyway, um, but, you know, it's interesting because who we surround ourselves with is so valuable and so important um, and obviously surrounding ourselves with the presence of God. So putting yourself in that situation, there's there is that transformational mindset that happens because many times we can look at particular circumstances. How many times do we gravitate to our initial response is something negative or some, oh, this is going bad or this is going dark. But the more that we surround ourselves with those who have a mindset to see the things of God, it will eventually, uh, you know, we will gravitate to that uh, one way or another. And so one either will choose to or because we'll have to. But, you know, as she was sharing that, I just, my mind went to Hebrews 4.1. And in Hebrews chapters 3, at the end of 3 and, and the beginning of 4, God, uh, uh, Paul is talking about, you know, uh, the Jewish people coming into rest. And when he's talking into rest, you know, when we read that, we kind of think rest basically being, oh, they're coming into, you know, I'm going to take a break. But not quite what he's talking about. What he's talking about there is they're entering into the fullness of God. They're entering into that covenant relationship with Jesus. And when you enter into that covenant relationship with Jesus, you no longer have to strive on your own. You no longer have to make things happen. It is not your strength. It is his strength. And when you begin to rely on him, he's going to give you insight into situations and circumstances. He's going to peel the curtain back so you can see behind it. And he's going to share those things that when we get prophetic words or when we get uh, a word of knowledge for something, what he's doing is he's peeling back. Because you spent time with him and and you've rested in him, he's beginning to show you the things that he wants you to see because he wants you to stand out in such a way because you're connected to him so that others see you and they say, I want what's inside of you. And as you spend that time with him, you get inside of you those things that he, he desires. And as he does that, he begins to reveal his glory. You see, the eyes of the Lord roam to and fro throughout the earth, seeking those whose hearts are completely his, that he may show himself strong. He desires to show himself strong through you. And you can't get it without spending time with him and resting in him, which means putting things aside and and just dwelling with him. In fact, in Hebrews 4, uh, Paul talks about rest so many times, and, and, and the Greek word that he uses is, kata, is kataposis. And if you were to, to look what that means, kataposis basically means to make to cease or to dwell. Now, why, does he, why didn't he just say to cease? Because many times when we are working hard or we are moving forward, you know, you hear Penny talk about, you know, her, her go-getter mentality. She had to make herself cease. Sometimes you get so caught up into something. Reagan talks about the mindset that she was kind of going through with her twitching eye. 
she had to make herself cease. She had to make a conscious decision to say, stop. We're going to stop this, this, this train of thought. We're going to stop, you know, just all this busyness, all this work that we're doing, and we're going to make a conscious decision, a conscious choice to rest. But the interesting thing is there's another definition of rest, and that is to dwell. Because here's the thing. Back then, you know, when, when you lived a, whether it's a nomadic lifestyle or you were moving around, you had to make yourself cease at a particular place. And when you ceased at that particular place, you stopped, you began to create a dwelling space. You created a place to stay, to hang out, to be there. And so what God is asking us to do is say, hey, you know, way back then, the, the, uh, the Israelites, they decided not to um, cease you know, to, to, to make themselves cease, to enter into my rest. Because when they decided not to do that, they didn't dwell with me and they didn't begin to trust and believe that I would do and operate in these things. And so he's, I'm giving you that chance. And so as I'm giving you that chance to do that, we have that choice to make that conscious effort to say, you know what, I'm not going to let the stress and anxiety of today dictate me, shape my life, shape the way that I think, shape the way that I look at people. Because it will put lenses on us that will cause us to see situations and people in particular ways. And many times that stress will taint that how we see others. Maybe an interaction will taint how we view another person. And so as we begin to rest in him, not only are we recharging, but he's, if, if we're truly connecting with him, and as I said earlier, that our rest is also a dialogue with him. He's showing you, Ryan... You've got rose-colored lenses on your face that you actually see this person in a negative light when that's not how I see them at all. But I wouldn't have seen that and noticed that if I didn't take that time to make myself cease and dwell with him. So as we look into this and as we see, okay, well, Ryan, how do I do this? You know, there, Penny mentioned three areas that I was actually going to mention too, and that is... Do it. Okay, all right. The, the, the repetition. So uh, we'll say it again. Repetition. Um, in case you didn't get it the first two times, the repetition. There's the mental, the physical, and the spiritual. And, and many times we understand spiritual spending time with God. Physical, okay, we get that. We get getting that physical rest. Interestingly enough, is I'm, I'm a runner. I love to run. And these last two weeks have been my rest week. And what that basically means is I am stepping aside from being very intentional about my running and how hard I'm pushing myself, but I'm also intentional about my rest. I'm intentional about my recharging. I'm intentional about, because my recharging, what that does is that will actually make me stronger when I go back into it. And it's the same thing with us spiritually. When you take time, time to recharge and plug into the Lord, not only are you going to come back with more energy for something like that, you're going to come back with, with directions and a download, an update, you know, like, uh, you're going to be version 2.7 or whatever is next in you. And as you do that, he's going to show you not just what to do, but he's going to give you the tools you need, even more so to deal with things like anxiety and stress. Because many times those things plague us. Reagan just shared about her twitching eye and the stress. I, I've been through those seasons. I told her, I said, you know, that's just Tuesday. We call that Tuesday at our house. You know, that's the twitching eye Tuesday. Some people have taco Tuesday. We got twitching eye Tuesday. No, we don't. We don't. Um, so <laughs> Thursday, um, but 
when we begin to plug into the Lord, we begin to see those things and we begin to give that anxiety and that stress. Because I know many of us enter seasons and rest comes in seasons. You know, there are in my rest season in running, this is right before my next six, six month building block because I know I'm going into a, a, a difficult block. So rest precedes the work as we've been talking before. And so it's the same thing. God brings you into rest, not, from what, not because of what you have done and where you've come from. We do recharge from that, though. But because he is preparing you for another season of something. So if you're in a season of rest, get ready, because you're not, rest, not just resting from something in the past. You're getting ready for God to step you up into something new. And so that is that time for you to prepare your heart and to just uh, connect with him in such a way as to get those marching orders, to get those, that connection, because it's not just going to be a do A, B, C, and D. Many times ministry comes out of that dialogue that we talked about, that overflow of you connecting with God. So as you connect with him, that overflow is going to happen, and it's going to spill over. It's going to spill over not into the, just the people that you say, I need to reach out to them. I need to reach out to them. You could just be walking in the grocery store and all of a sudden, you know, you just bump into somebody. And God has put that person in your pathway for you to minister to. You hadn't planned that at all. And so that's the value that comes in that. And so as we look at rest, rest keeps us from allowing the cares of this world, the stress of the day to dictate to us to look at life and look at others through those lenses. And so, okay, you want to share something? Okay, all right. This, this is how we normally minister together. I just want to, like, bring it down to, like, when he says rest, when he rests, like, he's taking a week off from running. But, but Ryan rests when he runs, okay? So I know we're talking the word rest, but I just want to, like, I now actually find my best devotional quiet time with Jesus is doing dishes in the morning. It seems like what she's doing a chore. How is she like meditating with God? Honestly, I, I can't even, yes, I can't. Cause there's a lot of women in here. The cathartic thing of getting a task done, but being with God in the midst of it. I, I just, it's like revolutionized my own personal walk at this moment because I'm like, Hey, we should, we, we obviously are a generation that knows how to rest. Okay, back in the day, nobody could imagine streaming an entire season of, you know, a show in one day. Are you kidding me? I'm downtown Abbey. If I could have a whole three days without my kids, I'd be that whole season be done. But I would not come out of it as rested as I feel sometimes when I'm like, this is weighing on my mind. I know I can get this like spot off this pan. Like I'm going to just go for it. Jesus put on my little podcast, put on my song and I just worship God. And the same thing for him because of the season we're in with busy kids and life. It's like him being out on a run, going for 10 miles. That is my nightmare. Somebody is now chasing me or my house is burning down and my car broke down and I'm running to get my kids. That's why I'm running 10 miles. He's doing it because he's like, I love you, Jesus. I feel so great. Oh my gosh, I'm going seven miles and or seven minutes of mile. I need to go speed it up. Oh Lord, you're so good. That is his time. And he comes back, he's connected to God. So I think just realizing like in the practical sense, when he's saying rest, we are a generation that's riddled with anxiety right now. 
I'm the least anxious person I know, and I've got an eye twitch, okay? So that tells you there is something supernatural, spiritual going on here where it's like, God, how do I find that rest? And I challenge you today because I think we're talking even more about the physical, about the mental and emotional rest. What gives you rest? How does that look? And it doesn't have to be a room with a Bible, with a candle burning. It could be you're on a walk. Maybe you're hanging out with your friends. Maybe you're sitting in a hot tub. Last night I felt so rested. We were, you know, cranking little, uh, Frank Sinatra outside with our girls and we're playing sharks and minnow in the pool. And I was like, this is so much fun. I sat in the hot tub. I didn't get in that pool. I was like, it's so cold. But I was like, I felt rested after that, even though I wanted to go watch more downtown Abbey. But you know, it's just, it's finding your moment in a practical sense. So yeah. Amen. Amen. Okay. I got two minutes. All right, let's go. Um, but (laughs) <laughs> and as Reagan is saying, that, see, that's the nature of relationship, is our faith is not a one-size-fits-all. Right. Your relationship with God, that expression is going to be unique from every single person sitting in every single chair here. Some of you might try to say, well, I'll try to go out and run like Ryan. It probably won't happen. You know, you, you, you might try. It, it might not cause you the rest, but it's um, that it does me. I, I you know, anyway, I, I could, anyway, sorry. Yeah. Um, but I could talk running forever. Uh, and, and, and in fact, there you go. There you go. I, I had somebody, I was walking through an office yesterday or two days ago, Friday. And someone said, Hey, are you from across the room? Are you a runner? Why? Yes. I've never met the person. Why? Yes, I am. You look like a runner made my day anyway. So, uh, <laughs> so basically as Reagan is sharing, you know, and, and, and as we've, you know, just kind of uh, put here, is when we deal with the stresses of life, we have to give them over to the Lord. We have to uh, come to that point. Otherwise, they will start to riddle us, and they'll start to cause us to see life differently. And so what I want to do is I want to just kind of wrap up and close up here. But what I, I feel on my heart is, is I just kind of feel like, as Reagan has shared uh, and, and drawn out a couple times, is I, I just feel like for those of us who might be dealing with stress and anxiety, and we're like, Ryan, I would love to know how to hand it over to the Lord. I'm going to just ask everybody just to stand, and uh, we want to pray and, and uh, you know, just believe God to not just come and be a stress reliever, but just to be that sanctuary, that place where we come and dwell, whatever that looks like, however that, that comes in. And so I'm going to ask everybody just to close your eyes and just to... You know, just to, just to focus on him, however that looks. And, and as you do, if you're someone who's saying, you know what, Ryan, I, um, you know, I, 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 I need rest. I need just that, that space to dwell in. Then, then we want to just pray for you right now, but also we want to do something different, you know, here in a little bit. But we want to pray that the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will fill your hearts and your minds. It'll fill your mind because it changes the way He changes the way you think, and it'll fill your heart because that's the expression of what comes out of you. And so, if you've been dealing with stress and anxiety, um, you know I'm not going to ask you to raise a hand or anything like that, but just be in a posture of receiving, and we're going to pray. And as we pray, just receive. 
But here's the thing is, is, is before you receive, many of us have stress and anxiety in our hands. We need to hand that over to the Lord. And as we're handing that over to the Lord, he wants to give us peace. He wants to give us uh, just comfort. So, Lord, we thank you. We thank you that you have come to create a place for us to dwell with you, that you have come to bring us to a place to where we, ch- we make ourselves cease and dwell with you. Lord, would you begin to stir our hearts to desire even more so, just dwelling with you wherever we're at. doesn't have to be at a particular place, but Lord, just wherever we're at, that we dwell with you, that we just see the value in that, Lord, that you are recharging us, that you are resetting us, but you are also preparing us for that next stage. And so, Lord, we thank you that even now, as we deal with stresses and anxieties, that we hand them over to you. So what I want you to do is I want you to take a second and just to say, I hand this stress or anxiety, and whatever that stress or anxiety is, I want you to tell the Lord specifically what that is. And say, Lord, I, I, I place this at the foot of the cross. So I'm going to give you a second just to do that, just to hand it over to him, to lay it on the altar. Lord, we thank you. We hand this over to you, this thing that has been plaguing us and stressing us and just uh, getting our focus off of you. We give it to you. And Lord, as we lay it down at your feet, we realize that you also have something to put back in our hands. And so, Lord, we receive your peace. We receive uh, just your love. Because your love conquers all those fears and those anxieties of the things that we don't know what's going to happen. So, Lord, we thank you that your love casts out all fear. So, Lord, we receive your love. We receive your peace right now in Jesus' name. And we choose to dwell with you. We choose to cease, to make ourselves cease, so that we can dwell with you. We thank you in Jesus' name. Now, if, if you're really dealing with stress and anxiety, I'm going to invite my, uh, just our, our, our uh, prayer team to kind of come up over here on the side. And if you're dealing with that, or if you want prayer for, for anything, um, we'll just have our team come up, and you can come up and share with that. Reagan's got one more thing to share. And I just feel like really, um, I haven't even talked to them, but I'm sure they're fine with it. So I'm going to have the carpenters come up over here. And if you have kids, young kids, you're losing some joy, like they have a thing that they do about at them parents, I want them to pray for you. If you guys got teenagers that you are like freaked out about, come, we'll lay hands on you and cry together, okay? And just even Penny and Glenn, I feel there's, there's stages of life. What? No, I've sent them together. Oh, okay. I did, I did. She's just, all right, my, the eyes just twitching now. I'm gonna hold it, I'm gonna hold it, okay? No, I just feel like, it's just like when I was around one person that mentioned this eye twitch could be the glory of God, I just was like, oh my gosh, yes, now I think about different. So I just feel like they came to my mind when Ryan was even talking, and I'm like, I, you want to find some joy in kids or young kids, babies, anything? Let's have them lay hands on you. Penny and Glenn are here. They're in this 
glory stage about just being able to unplug and relax. If you're like, how do I unplug for 24 hours? That fills me with anxiety. Let's have them lay hands on us, okay? The whole church, they'll just like start walking around. But yes, come and we, we want to, we need to be set free and we don't do this alone, okay? God never sent anybody out alone. So we're all here together. The prayer team will be here and be specific. Like, you know what? I want to stop worrying about this. I don't want to feel anxiety about this. And, and we're going to pray exactly for that and see people set free today. Hope you enjoyed this week's Sunday sermon. We pray you experience all God has for your life.